It's the Andy Thompson Show on ESPN 97.7. Let's go, Larry. Round them up. Let's shoot them down. What do you got for us on a Thursday, my friend? The Sport Hole. Sports, 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 sports. Two-minute drill. Presented by Ideal mm-hmm. Home and Auto Paint. Give to Taylor. Taylor has all sorts of room. Up and under for Taylor. Let's do it. Region 9 last night. Pineview. Went into H-Town, got the win in 92-62. How about Nash Schroeder breaking the 1,000-point mark for his career at Pineview? Had 24 points, a couple of threes. 1,000 points. Here's Nash after the game with our very own Carrick Segmiller at, at, uh, excuse me, at, at Hurricane. Derek Nash Schroeder, our player of the game tonight, and of course, special night for him as he joins the 1,000 point club. Nash, uh, take us through that play. Uh, I love that it was on a mid range jumper and not a three, not a, you know, a reverse layup or dunk or anything, but a mid range jumper. Take us through that play that pushed you into the 1,000 point club. Yeah, so we ran one of our plays, and I think our big was Condi. He set a great screen and then came up, and the defender went under, and I raised up. So, yeah. How much were you thinking about it coming in uh, to the day? I'm sure you're, well, you're kind of thinking about it, right? You're at 982 coming in. I need yeah. 18 to get there. Well, I thought it was 34, so I oh. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get 34 tonight, so I'm going to find my teammates. But then I figured out it was 18 at like halftime, and I only need three more. So, How special was it? Coach Amico calls the timeout. You're on the road, so you can't really stop the game. But uh, So he calls the timeout to make sure that you can – celebrate it you know friends family there you got the banners how special was that it was really special it only happens once and i'm glad i got to celebrate it with our fans and our team and our coaches so it was awesome and uh, i mean what does 1000 points mean to you i mean that means i'm sure there's a lot of teammates involved there there's a lot of fun individual moments uh what what does that mean to nash Roder, the basketball player um it means a lot i put in a lot of hard work and with my dad and with my coaches and we butt we butt heads a lot with teammates and coaches and everybody but I'm just glad to be here, and it's all paid off. So, I'm not done yet, though. So, thanks, Nash. Thanks. Congratulations, Nash Schroeder. What a season he's having! What a season Pineview is having! Putting up a bunch of points, making a bunch of threes, and getting a thousand points as a high school player. That's pretty cool. Snow Canyon. Let's go to Snow Canyon. Let's go to the jungle, Larry. Snow Canyon wins last night, 64-52 over Desert Hills. You know, this was a tough game for Desert Hills. I think if we talk to... I'm not going to go there, but... This is a tough game for Desert Hills offensively in the half court. And credit Snow Canyon's defensive effort and how well they blitzed. Eli Allred offensively. Eli had five points. One of the best scorers, shooters in the state. Five points. His lowest point total since Ridgeline. So a remarkable job by Snow Canyon. Owen Mackey didn't have a typical Owen Mackey breeze to 20. I mean, he did. I mean, he had 23 points, but it was a tougher game for him, too. He had two monster dunks. At the end of the game, Desert Hills is is scratching. I mean, getting back into the game. Hustle plays, making threes. Finally, shots are dropping for him. And then Owen Mackey gets a turnover and jumps like he's Dr. J 
from about the third notch on the key. Two-fisted finish, cocks it behind his head, throws it down in front of the student section. And then they get the ball on the next possession, I think maybe after a turnover, kick out to Damon Enns who hits a three, and it was game over for Snow Canyon. Um, Ben Chase had a really good game for Desert Hills. But I just thought the defense overall, there there were... Two shot clock violations almost in consecutive possessions for Desert Hills because of how well Snow Canyon was rotating. The rebound battle was won by Snow Canyon like 30 to 13 or something like that. So they they got big performances down low from Campbell and Aloha, which they needed in that matchup. But just kind of a weird, frustrating game for Desert Hills. And without Jackson Holman in there to spread the floor out and a guy you can catch and shoot off a of penetration or whatever, one of their best players... Obviously, they're missing him and a frustrating night overall for the Thunder. Really good atmosphere. Both student sections did a fantastic job. Um, I'm trying to think of... uh, Dre Smith had a good game for Snow Canyon. Did I miss anything, Larry? It was a a fun game. Desert Hills just didn't have enough threes go down. This is a team that shoots a ton of threes. Like a lot of teams, like Pineview, but Desert Hill shoots a ton of threes, and they didn't have enough of them fall on the road. Like I said, missing Holman. Dixie 86, Cedar 51. What is that, 35 points differential there? Dixie goes up on the road, gets the big win. Uh, Jordan Roberts on the assist watch. 20 assists. 20. That is like a... You know, what's the NBA record for assists? 30, probably. That's the equivalent in a 32-minute game is what he did last night. It's a UHSAA record if the UHSAA reviews the tape and says, yes, we're sanctioning this. You're the new record holder. The previous assist in a game, Mark, was 19. So Roberts would have it by one assist. Lemke had 22 points. Brecken Robinson continues his hot shooting. He made three threes. He had 19 points for the Flyers. So fun year for the Flyers, obviously, kicking butt. Individual stuff. Kyle Lemke is on a warpath himself to break the Dixie High all-time scoring mark. And I think they're trying to figure out exactly what that is right now as he's got 1,200-something points as a Flyer in his career, and he could break it this year, depending on what the number is. He's got 1,200 change as of now. Dixie hosts Crimson Cliffs, the Battle of the Titans, the Ralph Sampson versus Hakeem battle. In the hangar on Friday, it is Lemke versus Feltz. Feltz has been a monster as of late. They didn't play last night. Feltz was at the, Crimson Cliffs was at the uh, Snow Canyon game scouting, but excited to see We'll have that game for you on ESPN 97.7. Feltz versus Lemke. Uh, Feltz can stretch you out, man. He can he can hit that short corner jump shot. He can make the three. He can make a three from anywhere. He can make the elbow shot. Um, and we'll see how much how many of his field goal attempts are outside of kind of the seven foot mark in the paint. How much does he stretch out against Lemke? They've already played two times. Dixie's gotten them, gotten them both times, but that's the, the big man matchup that we all look forward to 
and we circle it, Larry, on our calendars, right? Yes. Did you circle it on your calendar? No. I, I presume that's because you have a digital calendar, right? <clears throat> Do you likey? Well, um, before I played my first preseason game as a player, my rookie year, I was uh, sitting by my locker and Walter Payton came up to me and asked me if I was nervous. I said, no, I'm not nervous. No, it's just preseason, you know. But I, I really was nervous, very nervous. And, uh, you know, almost like to the point where I thought I was going to throw up in my helmet just sitting there. And, <clears throat> and, uh, and Walter said, I get nervous before every game. I, every game I get nervous. And then I take my first hit, and then I'm fine. And uh, then he got up and, and walked away. And uh, that was that was very profound to me. Wow, Walter Payton, you know, gets nervous. And uh, that's okay. Mm. Do you love Jimbo going to the Chargers as much as I do? Mm. Good question. I've talked about it. Let me, let me say, first of all, I'm struck listening to that clip, Lawrence, that Harbaugh gets all of his football heritage and what influenced him the most from Michigan, a Michigan man, and you got Amazing Blue and the Big House and Schembechler and all this crap. What about playing for the Chicago Bleepin' Bears in the 80s? Under Ditka as the backup? Talking to Sweetness, talking to Gary Fensick, Talking to Refrigerator Perry, Dan Hampton, all the boys. Why isn't that ever brought up as he cutting his teeth with that group when he was a youngster playing uh, with the Bears before he went to the Colts? Huh? You don't know, do you? No. Well, it should get more attention. I think that influenced him big time. As far as going to the NFL, you need a quarterback. He's got a quarterback. He's got what Urban didn't have. Urban had a rookie kid, and he had a bunch of players that hated him because he kicked the kicked the kicker in the butt or something. Um, he has what Steve Spurrier didn't have. When he left Florida, he went to Washington, didn't have a quarterback, didn't have one with him. Saban went to the Dolphins. Didn't get Drew Brees. He had uh, Gus Farratt and um, some other loser quarterback while he was there. I think Culpepper a little bit, but I don't think Culpepper was ever... I think he was gone before Culpepper took over that starting job. Uh, Chip Kelly had Vic, and he still failed. He had a quarterback. He had post-canine abuse Vic. And he won a bunch of games. He won 10 games a year. It still wasn't good enough. Still wasn't good enough for, for the Philly for the Philly uh, fans. They said, get the heck out. Go back to college. We don't want to deal with your crap. Offensive mastermind. Beat it. Didn't work out for Chip. Didn't work out for Matt Rule. He didn't have a quarterback. He had washed out Cam. Forced him out. He got uh, Darnold. He, I mean, his... His stint in the NFL was a complete disaster. I think he, he he's doing good at Nebraska, though, right? Even though he got clown suited by Dion, I actually believe in a rule at, at Nebraska for some stupid reason. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury had a quarterback. He failed. Kyler was his guy. First pick, Oklahoma, let's go. Sucked. Hurt, pansy, 
bad attitude, not watching film. You paid him a quarter of a billion dollars, and uh, now you're wishing you had somebody else. So whether you have a quarterback or not, I guess my point is, Larry, the NFL is the jungle. And it's a coin. You, it's a coin. Unless you have Mahomes, it's a coin flip. Unless you have Mahomes, even when you have Burrow, it's a coin flip. He gets hurt a lot, you know. Uh, if Zach Taylor and the Bengals win nine games next year, and Burrow's not out, he's probably fired. Uh, McDermott, he is holding on to his job for dear life, even though he has Josh Allen. So my point about college football is that it's not as comfortable as it was. It's no country for old men anymore, Larry. Saban wanted out. Dabo's going to want out soon when they win eight games this next year. Uh, Harbaugh wanted out because the feds were chasing him down and the bureaucrats and the NCAA were chasing him down. And you can't sit on your throne and dictate anymore. you got to suck up to the kids. you got to pay them. And they're leaving you. You didn't want to deal with that. So you have more protection as a coach in the NFL where you have contracts. Herbert's got to play for you type of deal. And that's why he went. And he has this idiotic thing in his mind that winning a Super Bowl is bigger and better than winning a national championship. I would disagree with that, Larry. I would say that winning a college championship, you buy the groceries in college, you stir the the beverage, you do everything as the coach. It's all on you. It's 100% your product in college. In the NFL, it's a lot of coin ties. A draft and the your GM and your president and trades and stuff. It's, it's not as much on you. So the ultimate to me has always been, as a coach, winning in college. But now that college is pro, it's NFL-itized, you may as well go to the NFL where the players have to play for you. You have them tied down. The other aspect of this, obviously, in my assessment of whether this is the right move for Harbaugh, is it reminds me of Pat Riley going to coach the Knicks in the 90s. It's insane. He said, the Knicks are underachieving. They got Patrick Ewing. They got John Starks. They got uh, Charles Oakley. I'm going to go make those guys. I'm going to go, you know, they need a coach. The problem is M. Jeff is in Chicago. What are you thinking? Why would you do that? You're not going to do, you're not going to win. What's the point? doesn't matter how hard you play defense. You're not going to beat M. Jeff. And that's kind of what Harbaugh's doing going against Mahomes in that division. It's ballsy, but it was clearly the best job. You ain't going to go to, to Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't even want Be- Belichick. They're, they're going after some uh, coordinator because they don't want to deal with Belichick's grumpy, whatever he's going to want to have say in who they draft and personnel. It's just like, move on type of deal. Belichick needs to go coach Navy or something. Uh, nobody wants him. And he's probably demanding a, a, a uh, asinine fee. And he's just going to be a pain in the butt to work with. Which is interesting because he's literally the greatest football coach ever. And nobody wants him. And, and maybe they do want him. Maybe that's maybe I'm being incorrect there, Larry. Maybe he's just asking for so much power and money that that's what, why teams are balking on uh, Bilbo. Um, now, Michigan, 
should not hire the guy they're going to hire. They're going to hire the the kids. They're going to listen to the children. And the children are going to say, oh, we want this guy we know who's on staff, who coached a game when Harbaugh was up in the penthouse. Let's hire this guy. And that's always a mistake. They should never do that. You're Michigan. Go find the best coach in the world to come to Michigan. You don't just go with whoever, whatever buddy of Jim's is on the coaching staff just because your 18-year-old idiot kids want somebody they know to babysit them. Go find somebody. Now, it is going to be Sharon Moore, and maybe he'll be good. I said the same crap when uh, Notre Dame hired in-house after Brian Kelly left. Why aren't you doing a nationwide search to get the best possible guy? Why are you hiring in-house? And Freeman's actually done okay. First year, panic. Lost to Marshall. He did okay this year, but not great. He's a good recruiter. Players like him. So maybe I'm an old head where you do go with the favorite babysitter of the players who they already have a relationship with. That's what the Raiders are doing, and I'm all for it. But you're Michigan. You can get anybody in the country short of, you know, short of who? Saban? Kirby? Who can you not go raid if you're Michigan? Lincoln Riley? Everybody else you can go get. Thank you, Larry. Anything else on Harbaugh from you? I will say one more thing, sorry. That Harbaugh is... The NFL is becoming the analytic nerd film geek uh, league. Go, you know, Shanahan's that guy. He's in the NFC championship. Um, Reed is not that guy. He's, I mean, he's an old coach. John Harbaugh is not that guy. Who am I missing? Who's left in the conference championship games? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's not that guy. But everybody else is, and everybody that's going to be hired is. So Jim kind of comes in as an old-school, punch-in-the-mouth, went-in-the-trenches, defense, super six. He's got a great NFL record with the 49ers. I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine. I, it's just a coin toss, you know. Um, but I think there is something to the, the previous guy they had, Staley, who I liked because he went for it on fourth down every every pun he ever attempted. The players were like, this nerd, we hate this guy. It's kind of like the Raiders did with McDaniels where they were like, get this geek out of here. So what? So you were in Belichick's bosom and you drew up some plays that worked and you had the greatest quarterback ever. Get out of here. We hate you. Get us somebody who we like who has been there before, and that's what they have in Pierce. And that's why I think the Raiders are making the right choice, picking the in-house guy. But rarely is it the right case. The right decision, I should say. All right. Sorry, Larry. You ready to go? Yes. All right. I'm the one that got it done and did a great job. Mmm. Handyman brought to you by our good friends at Bucks Ace Hardware. Bucks Ace, three Southern Utah locations, including... The Dino Crossing in St. George, Santa Clara, 
And of course, up to Hurricane. Appreciate Bucks Ace. Big sponsor for all Region 9 athletics. What are we fixing today, Lawrence? Oh, this is good. This is timely. We're fixing football awards. If you were listening yesterday, second hour, Max fixed. Um, that Max fixed an award where the loser can win the MVP in the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl, which I dig. Here's what this one is. We need to separate quarterbacks from everybody else. Quarterbacks have gotten, their value is so inflated compared to what it was in previous generations. Like, if you go back to the 80s, Mike Singletary was probably the most important player on the 85 Bears. Or Lawrence Taylor was the most important player on the on the Parcells Giants. And this year, I mean, this generation, you look at T.J. Watt or Bosa or, or Micah Parsons or whoever, and it doesn't matter how historically good they are at defense, when you compare them to the quarterback, they're not even close to the value that a quarterback is to a team because of how much football has changed, weighted towards the offense, and your quarterback is more important than the coach. He's more important than your owner. He's more important than the GM. He's more important than anything. And so, of course, the quarterback is going to win the MVP every year, and he's going to win the Heisman in college football every year. And so what I'm fixing, Larry, is postseason awards in all these leagues. You give the quarterback of the year, great. But then for the MVP, you say no quarterbacks. For the Heisman, enough with the quarterbacks. Give them the Maxwell. I want I want a running back. I want a defensive end. I want a pass rusher. I want Watt. I want Boza. I want Justin Jefferson last year to win the MVP. A receiver, for heaven's sake. We get it. Quarterbacks. You're, you're the most important. We're going to separate you. We're going to give you every year. We're going to give you the Brady. And that is the quarterback of the year. It's very prestigious. We name it after Tom. We give it to you every year. whoop de doo And then for the MVP, we're going to pick a, uh, another position to be the MVP. Can you dig it, Larry? No. And same with the rookie of the year. Rookie of the year is going to go to C.J. Stroud because he's a quarterback. And... Uh, Puka's got no chance, and it should be Puka. But, I mean, it shouldn't be because Stroud is more important to his franchise and more valuable, but it's because of his position. No other sport has this issue as much. It's not like the left fielder is so much more valuable than the first baseman in baseball. And same with basketball. The center versus the point guard, it doesn't matter. It's positionless. Football is not that way quarterback is just so heavily weighted get him out of the awards let's get some variance going here larry <clears throat> you agree with that no hey will you cut the malarkey there's a white man talking up here it's time for there's a white man talking <laughs> in the sport hole uh, who do we got today larry 
Oh, we got Sean Farnham uh, from ESPN uh, College Hoops. He was talking with the guys from BYU Sports Nation. Uh, I guess just play the clip, Larry. In terms of like hand signals, as long as fans can still do the upside down U, I think they'll be just fine. <laughs> that's that's really yeah, that's what... fine. I'm good with that one. Yeah. I think that's an in-state thing that's allowed. Yeah. Okay, like that's that's perfectly allowed. So I, I think that there's no penalty on that one. I think that's acceptable. The horns down one. I don't know why Texas. By the way, I I don't know why Texas gets so upset about it. Um, yes, it's disrespectful to your school. But when you talk about it, it actually makes it more of an issue, right? Now, like, everybody's talking about horns down, horns down, horns down. Like, had they just ignored it, it kind of just goes away because yes. they're like, oh, it didn't upset them. Texas is so annoying. And I know I talked about this on Monday or whatever, but... Um, what I wanted to say about this, yes, I agree with this white man talking, Larry. What I wanted to say about this was I remember being at the Pac-12 championship game two years ago when Utah played USC. And these USC fans were putting up the U hand sign and then flipping it down. And I remember being so incredibly flattered. <laughs> USC, one of those historic college football programs in the country, knew about that Utah had a hand sign. It's basically a ripoff of Miami's, except you don't. You only put the index fingers up, not the whole hand. And I, it was just very flattering that they knew what it was, and it was great. And so Texas, you have the most iconic hand signal in the country. People are going to flip it upside down. It's not, I said this before, it's not a swastika. Shut up and kiss off. We hate you. You've ruined college sports. Beat it! <clears throat> and by the way, if BYU beats Texas on Saturday, the whole student section, is it in Provo? Larry, look that up. The whole student section, and by the way, you can beat Texas this year. The whole student section should be doing the horns down. <clears throat> and if I'm if I'm Texas, I'm like, we have a we have a brand. We have an icon. We're iconic. I'm not going to freak out. I'm just pleased that we have something. A lot of schools have nothing or they rip off another school. I mean, Utah State, I remember Utah State was trying to do something with a U with a kind of a it was like a longhorn except they put the pinky and the index finger tighter and it's like that's the lamest thing ever. I know Utah Tech is doing something with the buffalo. Two two fists together, kind of put them right next to each other and then put the pinkies out. I can dig that. It looks good. I don't know if they're ripping that off from some other school, but I haven't seen a lot of that. Uh, TCU does the horn frog thing. That's good. That's unique. But flip them, flip them all upside down when you beat those teams. And you should be uh, flattered by it. So, yes, I agree with uh, Sean Far- Farnham from ESPN on that, in that regard. Um, and Texas can kiss off. I hope BYU can beat them. If they can close a game, for heaven's sakes. Uh, thank you, Larry. Oh, we got who dis. For the first time in a long time, uh, who dis? This is the uh, maybe the easiest one we've ever done. 
And you're going to get uh, Benja's, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the whole dang state, for this weekend. And by the way, tomorrow we're doing Win Andy's Lunch Money. Remember we did that, Larry, before? And before we do who who it is, let me just explain how Win Andy's uh, Lunch Money is going to go. Um, most of these contests on the radio, it's like, what? who actually would participate and text, take the time to text in or call so they can win some $10 thing, whatever, and then they got to come pick it up. Win Andy's lunch money isn't that. It's instant. You text in tomorrow at noon, right at noon just about, is when the question will come out. You're the first to get it. You get Venmoed instantly right before you go to lunch cash. For your lunch. Now, the, the catch is, you don't know, it's whatever's in my pocket type of deal. It could be two $2.50. It could be $10. It could be, you know, $12. And you can take care of your whole lunch tomorrow at noon. Win Andy's lunch money. We're going to do that every week going forward um, on ESPN 97.7. So, good luck. You just text 900-3776. Now... We're also giving something away right now. Who dis? If you're the first that can name who dis is, and this is the easiest one we've ever done, 435-900-3776. You win Benja's for a weekend outing with your wife or whoever. Go get you some sushi. Go get you some uh, Penang curry, some drunken noodles. Uh, St. George chicken fried rice, Larry. Fantastic. All right. Bring it on. We got Sambo doing it today, right? Yes. All right. Fire when ready, buddy. Time for Who Dis on the Andy Thompson Show. I came into the world as a very chubby baby, and so I got a nickname that I'm called to this day that refers to my chubbiness. I grew up in Provo, Utah, where I excelled in bowling averaging a score of 200 per game that I bowl. I won Utah's Mr. Football in 2018, as well as Gatorade Player of the Year. I have older brothers that all played college football, too. I have the Utah high school records in three major offensive categories. Who dis? Text 900-3776. All right, well done, Sambo. 435-900-3776. Who dis? Incredibly gettable for Benjas this weekend. Thank you, Lawrence. Or thank you, Sambo, actually. Well played. All right. Uh, sorry, Lawrence. Next topic. What do we got? Time for our monthly call from Punk Ass Pete in the Sport Hole. All right, Punk Ass Pete is M.I. Punk Ass Pete started college in Logan. Punk Ass got into Utah State, which does not speak well to Utah State. I mean, um, he was, I mean, Punk Ass was more of a, you know, Bishop Gorman, or not Bishop Gorman, Bishop Sycamore. Type academic 
And he's up at Utah State excelling. He's doing his schoolwork. And he's too busy for us. And so, Lawrence, you're basically just going to ask punk asses questions, right? Yes. All right. Fire away. Do you agree with Michael K on ESPN screwing up with Doc Rivers? <clears throat> Michael K going off on ESPN on how they pooched ESPN's basketball coverage, right? Go ahead with the audio, Lawrence. Listen, I love this. They've been really good to me for 22 years. They have egg on their face with the Doc Rivers situation. They just do. So the, the, the rumors about why you let go of Ben Gundy and Jackson, right, was you were afraid that they, they were pursuing coaching jobs and you didn't want to break up you know, the booth by them getting a coaching job. So you go out of your way, you let them go, which broke up the best booth in professional sports. Sorry, the best. And you got Doc Rivers and Doris Burke. And Doc Rivers, you know, Doc Rivers interviewed for the Buck job. You don't think Doc Rivers wanted to be a coach again? He leaves mid-season. Their booth now is Mike and Doris for the NBA Finals. I mean, you, you think that was a smart play by ESPN? I, I'm sorry. There might be bosses that'll be upset, but they look terrible. All right, so Doc was in the booth. They got rid of Van Gundy, which I agreed with. I love Van Gundy. Mark Jackson was kind of a tough guy or whatever. Van Gundy's so good. So honest. Stan Van Gundy was just, it was great too. Both of the Van Gundys. Just put them both in a booth with uh, Mike Breen, and that's fantastic. That's better than, um, as far as in game, that's better than TNT. If you, got Van, if you got a couple of Van Gundys and Mike Breen, it's not going to be Chuck and Kenny and Ernie. In the in the you know studio stuff, but as far as game coverage, and Doris, Doris is great too. Not you know I don't want to come across as a uh, chauvinist. Doris, the Van Gundy, the Van Gundy, and Mike Breen. So I agree with Michael K. It's unfortunate, and now Doc leaves you, and now what do you do? And I think you just stick with who you got, Mike Breen and Do- Doris for the finals. Great. I mean, it's not great. You need a Van Gundy. Go fish out Van Gundy and get him uh, beg for his forgiveness. Take some of McAfee's cash. You're paying him a hundred mil, milli. Take some of that. Give it to a Van Gundy and get him get him over here. DSPN. So, um, yeah, I agree to a certain extent. I agree with Michael K. There, uh, Larry. Good find. What's next? How do you grade the hire of Coach Ken in San Jose? Coach Ken Niamatololo is back. Mountain West. He was at UCLA as a consultant or something with Chip Kelly. I love Coach Ken. Here's a little audio clip. A little bit about how today has been being introduced to the team and also introduced to, you know, the San Jose State Spartans as the official new head coach. Just very humbled, grateful, um, appreciative. Um, just been very grateful of all the people here. Everybody's been very welcoming mm-hmm. and glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Here's how I know Coach Niamatololo is a great guy. First-hand experience. We, me and my family are in line to go into the Rose Bowl the year of where COVID was around. 
So it must have been January 2021. And the line is out the, I mean, it's the longest line ever. And you've got to have your mask and you've got to have something on your phone that shows you've been vaxxed because we're we're in freaking Pasadena, California. And as we're walking up, my brother looks and he says, oh, that's, that's Ken Niamatololo. He's just walking to the game with his wife. He's, I think he was maybe wearing a Navy thing, but my brother just goes up because my brother's obnoxious. He just goes up and starts talking to him without any shame, you know, and, uh, Coach Niamatololo is all kind and talking to him and making jokes and having a good time. Waits in the line for an hour. And we kind of said, he kind of separated. I think he said, look, I've had enough of my brother and kind of said, look, get away from me. I'm going to go this way. But gets in line. And then like an hour later, as we're going through, we see Coach Niamatololo saying, oh, I forgot my tickets in my car. I'm going to walk. And if you've been to the road, you gotta, you're parked on a golf course. you got to walk a couple of miles to get in your long line, COVID, all that stuff. So he and his wife are just like, oh, I guess we got to walk back. And it, instead of being like, hey, guy at the gate, do you know who I am? I went seven and six this year with the midshipmen. Let me in and give me a field pass. No, he didn't do that. He just went back and uh, didn't think he was anybody special, which speaks to his character. Uh, congratulations to San Jose State for getting uh, Coach Nimatololo, who apparently will not be running the triple option. Which is when I when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, this is great, San Jose! Now you can compete." In the Mountain West, you've been okay under Brennan, but you want stability in your program? Flip the script. Run the triple option. Do like Air Force. Do that type of deal. And he said, no, we're gonna. I'm bringing in an offensive coordinator who's modern, and we're just going to run the spread like everybody else. Fine. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, they've been competent over the last couple years, and I hope he can continue the mojo. All right, Lawrence, bring it. What do you got? Sporthole Restaurant Review. All right, so, uh, Sport Hole Restaurant Review is brought to you by our good friends at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. Real fruit, real veggies, real nutrition, real science in a capsule at balanceofnature.com. Balance of Nature does not necessarily support what I'm about to say, even though they are a sponsor of the show. Um, what is the What is the wording on the thing that people say that the companies say before. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Longhorn Steakhouse. Right? Why does that not sound right to me? Longhorn, right? Over by Chick-fil-A. The new one? Yeah, Longhorn Steakhouse. I should probably know the name of the place I'm reviewing before I do it. Yeah, Longhorn. I went for the first time. I know it's been there a while. I'd gone a couple of times and said, oh, I don't want to wait that long. I'll go to Crack Shack. And now Crack Shack went under. So I went last week for the first time. And look, I'm a big Roadhouse guy. You show up to Roadhouse, that's a great time. They give you the rolls. You're putting half a pound of butter on each roll. 
you're getting a steak for like seven bucks or whatever. Fantastic. Going to be hard to beat Roadhouse. Here's my review of Longhorn Steakhouse. First of all, good ambiance, right? Good loaf of bread that you cut. You can put butter on. Fantastic. Warm. Beautiful. Very well done. One of the nicks against it, and I hate to do it, Larry, is that when the our waitress... <laughs> Our waitress shamed my wife a little bit for wanting a straw um, in her water. <laughs> she said, do you guys want straws? And I said, no, no, no. And I, I didn't say no because I, I care about the environment or any crap. I just said, no, I, I, I just like to drink, you know, my pop out of a, just out of the cup. Or I said, yeah, I would like a straw. And, she, and the waitress said something like, oh, I like to, you know, kind of limit the amount of straws I give out, you know, if I can type of deal. And then my wife just felt like an idiot. <laughs> so a little, you know, a little uh, tough way to start the meal. Let me put it that way. My wife felt shamed. And I said, you should feel shamed because the environment, you know, the world is uh, global warming and... <laughs> Some turtle is going to die because you needed you needed a straw for your Sierra Mist. Um, steak was good. The mashed potatoes. Here's what I'll say about mashed potatoes. Not just a long because I don't want to kill Longhorn. I like Longhorn. Here's what I want to say about mashed potatoes in general. At even a nice place like Longhorn, is they all suck. It's hard to get good mashed potatoes anywhere. Except from your mom or your grandma, depending on how on depending on how old your mom is. If your mom's like forty, her mashed potatoes are gonna suck. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, grandma's potatoes great. Mom depends on how old you are. Are you sixteen? Yes. Okay. Your your mom's mashed potatoes probably aren't very good. It's it's you don't realize it now, and it's all you know. So you probably think they are good. I'm telling you, they're not. And none of these restaurants, mashed potatoes are good. Always go with a baked potato at uh, at places that aren't your mom's house. Um, how many times will I go back to Longhorn this calendar year? We got a full eleven months left. I will go back. I don't give a thumbs up. I don't give a one out of ten. That's all subjective and nebulous. I give you how many times I'm committing to that establishment that I'm going to go back before December 31st, and I will go back to Longhorn Steakhouse one more time. There's just Roadhouse, and I'm I, I, I going to go to Roadhouse most times, but I will go back. It's a good experience. Good experience, but you're, you're coming into this town, and you're giving a showdown with Roadhouse. Everybody's got to pick a side. And I picked mine, and it's Roadie. Quick break. Back with more after this. Thanks for being with us. You're in the Sport Hole with Andy Thompson on ESPN 97.7.